You're listening to the Nutanix Community Podcast with Dwayne Lesner and Angelo Luciani, episode 66. Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, Dwayne and I chat with Ruben Sprite. We talk end-user computing. Will this be the year of VDI? Xi frame architecture, VDI at scale, native integration with cloud storage and GPUs. It's very informative and enlightening. Let's join the conversation. Today we have someone joining the show that if you've been around the virtual desktop scene for any length of time, you probably know his name, but welcome, Ruben. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Great to have you. Um, you know, I think I think the first time that we met face to face was a Bri forum many years ago, and that that I don't even think exists. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. But I think you've been trying to spin up something similar. Uh, if I follow the the Twitter streams correctly, but why don't you give a, a brief intro about yourself for the people that might not be on the virtual desktop scene? Sure, sure. Like my name is uh, my name is Ruben. Um, I'm based out of Netherlands, uh, active, as you mentioned, for a long time in the end-user computing, VDI, server-based computing space, uh, exactly like Forum is one of the good examples of an awesome community event uh, organized by Brian Madden. And, well, while Forum isn't there anymore, there are many other end-user computing uh, communities happening um, around remote graphics, about app visualization, um, product comparison, um, so great stuff happening, and I try to do my best to learn and and share insights what's happening in EUC with uh, with friends and anyone who is interested to listen. Um, I started in this space uh, probably let's see, hmm. could be like 20, 20 plus years ago um, as a consultant, designing, building, maintaining, migrating uh, Citrix environments. Uh, as part of a uh, large system integrator, then left the system integrator and joined a storage startup in uh, Silicon Valley. And after that storage startup and some interesting lessons learned, I joined Frame a little bit more than two years ago. And well, as you know, Frame got acquired by Nutanix and uh, I'm part of the same uh, family. So happy to be here. The, the circle has completed itself. Yeah, and uh, imagine <laughs> I'm still in the 40s, so there are some years to come. So we'll see what happens in the in the future. But for yeah, sure, I, the future of EC and like the future where we are right now, when you look at Nutanix and what we do as a company with great people and great technology, I believe the future is really bright on many sides. So I'm really happy to be part of this uh, this this family. Sometimes it really grinds my gears when I hear people say the year of VDI, but it's like desktops aren't going away anytime soon from what I can tell. And it's, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's big business, big problems, I guess, is probably why it's big business, because it's not, it's not easy. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good topic. So, the, so last 10 years, the community and the industry is talking about this will be the year of VDI and I, I don't believe there was a year of VDI and there will be a year of VDI. Um, why not? Hmm. Because the like the biggest competitor is not, let's put it like this way, like it's not Citrix versus VMware or maybe VMware versus Amazon or Nutanix Frame 
versus uh, Microsoft or like or a combination of these. It is much more like the PC because the majority of us will use like a rich client to get stuff done. And we as an industry, um, our, our task is to make VDI application remoting and desktop as a service as as well as smooth, best user experience, cost efficient, uh, easy to maintain as possible. That's our that's our task as as industry and also a ta- task as a Nutanix frame team. But also the other competitor is people migrating away from Windows apps to software as a service or to mobile apps. But the reality for many businesses is that is a combination of these like elements. Windows apps for sure will be here for a long time. It's so embedded into the into the businesses and how people work and interact with each other. Besides software as a service, web applications and mobile applications. And that's yeah, that's the like digital workspace. It's a combination of elements you and, and myself and and Angelo and colleagues used to get stuff done, to interact with each other, to work together. And that's the desktop as a service and VDI and application remoting piece is a is part of that uh, like bigger puzzle. And it's an important part for sure, but it's uh, it's it's a part of that puzzle. Yeah, the the good and bad about IT is that nothing ever truly dies. You know, there's always going to be something that that prevents you from from going totally 100% in one direction, or at least there's there's usually no perfect nirvana state where you can actually go and do that. How how does Frame help this this area, or I guess you know what makes it different versus you know existing products? Like my understanding, Frame is is 100% cloud based, or at least that's where it was born. Correct. Yeah, it's it's an interesting and also a fair and uh, I like that question. It's a good question. Um, Sometimes people maybe wonder, listening to this podcast, like, hey, the questions are canned and uh, and, and Ruben know upfront what the questions are. It's like, generally, it's not the case. I I, I don't know what kind of questions I, I can expect. And this question is is such a, such a question. So it, I, I like it. It's much more informal. And that's uh, that's a good way to have a conversation. What I So when I look at the like EUC space, the, the majority of the friends, partners like Citrix, but also... Uh, competitors in this space were born in the what I call enterprise VDI, enterprise virtual desktop, enterprise server-based computing space, with on-premises, uh, local region, um, tested, mature, uh, often capex intensive, uh, very well-defined use cases. Uh, let's see what else. Um, low elasticity. These are like elements in that segment. Um, fixed stability. These are elements in that segment and. Like Citrix historically, uh, VMware historically, uh, Microsoft with uh, their solutions historically fit in that particular bucket. Um, that's that makes sense because like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, as a service like public cloud services didn't exist as we know today. So that's where these vendors and our partners and also competitors uh, started in that space. Frame started like roughly seven years ago, six years and something years, uh, uh, some, something months ago, with a different starting point. Starting point, multi-cloud, multi-region, uh, super agile, that's like cloud by design, pay for use if you would like to do so, uh, OPEX-driven, um, like highly innovative. Uh, every week we have new, like new features, 
new functions and sometimes small functions, sometimes big functions um, being part of the solution. So it's a different type of solution with the same promise, like how can we enable business consumers like us? How can we enable business consumers with apps and desktops? Um, so that's the, like, that's the overlap, but the starting point is different. And what I see happening in this space, um, that vendors who started in the like enterprise uh, space try to move to public cloud, and other vendors like like Nutanix Frame, who born were born in public cloud, are making uh, moves and connections to the on-premises space, and that's what I that's what I see happening. And not only it's within probably, Nutanix. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's that's a first statement. Even outside of you see, you kind of see exactly you know, Nutanix is going to the cloud, but then AWS is coming on-prem. It's like a a mix mash all over the exactly. place. Exactly. That's, exa <laughs> That's exactly what I would like to say as well. Like Amazon, uh, like Amazon has Workspace and AppStream, and they're like born in cloud. Uh, like they're like a super uh, big vendor in that uh, that space. And they yeah, they they announced um, they announced a solution called Outpost to connect like on-prem and make a hybrid cloud. When you look at Microsoft, uh, a big uh, a big solution which will enter this space is Windows Virtual Desktop is born in cloud. Um, Microsoft sees the light like, hey, we need to have a solution which is born in cloud. It's called Windows Virtual Desktop. It's not there yet, but it will be there, which is a great, great thing for the EUC space. But that's purely focused on, on public cloud. Um, so it's great to see that this mix of enterprise VDI and desktop as a service is, uh, is helpful for all of us because it's all about like use cases. What kind of use cases fits better in maybe in much more modern desktop as a service approach. And there are for sure also many use cases which fits better in the more enterprise VDI uh, use case. And if you can mix these two, and that's what I mean with like a hybrid scenario, then the end customer, the, the organization benefit from, uh, from that. And that's, that's in essence like what Frame is all about. Um, make end user computing super simple, you don't need to have an like advanced concept guide or like a five-day training course to, well, to to start and to build uh, complex uh, solutions. Um, it, I, I truly believe it's a delightful interface and delightful to use, but still very powerful. You can use well, you can use a browser and run high-end graphics apps with even like four NVIDIA GPUs on, on on top of that without installing anything on. On my laptop, I just use a browser, no clients, no plugin, no VPN yeah. stuff. Just get ro get rolling. Yeah, there's no wrong or right answers depending on, I guess, what you're after from the business side of it. And just for you know, if we do have such a thing as regular users, maybe I don't know what the stats are at, but I you know there isn't usually enough time. To, I don't give too many pre-canned questions because that would require me to hand that out the day before. So that that usually doesn't happen. Maybe one out of time, one out of no, ten times. But I like it. Um, on the, that being said, probably at, at least VDI at scale. I, you know, some of the the harder pieces are like the infrastructure planning because it's hard to go back and change them afterwards. So just removing that layer is probably a big benefit in itself. Yeah, um, sure. You know, but also, but also on like on the like core data center side, the beauty of hyperconverged, like our story is that it's like Lego building blocks. If you want to add more capacity, 
you add just more blocks like uh, commodity hardware and our advanced software on top of that. And hey, it, it balances and scales uh, linearly, linearly. So that's that's a beautiful thing. If you have more seasonality, like in education or maybe in a contractor's uh, environment or maybe an organization which is really project driven, then you need to size for the peaks. And that's really tough in an on-premises environment. And that's where public cloud as one of the examples makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, you know, dealing with people, like companies that have merger and acquisition teams, those seem to be kind of kind of bursty. But even if you have uh, <laughs> SAP consultants or someone that you know they're getting paid a lot of money, um, even as a like a backup plan to get them going in case something else happens, would be a definite benefit. Uh, you could yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. There's. Well, it's it's a super hot market. There's a, so much demand. A lot of companies are transitioning to public cloud, are moving their data to public cloud. And well, as as we both know, when hey, you get, you get the best user experience when the app and the data are as close as possible to each other. That that's helpful for a user experience perspective. And while more and more customers are like transitioning to public cloud. Um, the question is, okay, where's my app? And if you can run apps close to the data, that makes a ton of sense. And for some customers, that's like in public cloud. For some customers, that's building a public cloud-style infrastructure on-premises. And, well, that makes a ton of sense to build a hybrid end-user computing uh, scenario with public cloud and on-premises capabilities. One one of the things when the Zai or the Frame was announced, at least you know the intent to purchase Frame mm-hmm. at Nutanix, the I was really excited about the storage pieces that Frame had, the integration with all of the or the brokerage between um, the the storage side. I think there's mm-hmm. I don't know four or five, maybe there's more than that, but uh, like like Dropbox as an example. Yep. Are there are there any plans? I don't even if you can share them um, where that's headed. Like, man, it yeah. just seems like there's so a good DNA in that piece because all of you know the authentication pieces to get that right is not an easy thing to do, at least at an enterprise level. Yeah, well, like a solution like this, and right now I can talk for for Frame, but a solution like this should be able to integrate with like enterprise features. That means identity means modern identity like SAML2 or OF-based, solutions like Azure or Okta or Ping or Google fits in that bucket, but also integrated classic Active Directory, that, that makes sense, but that's still like in the same identity uh, bucket. It needs to integrate with networking because otherwise, well, the app cannot communicate with, uh, with backend services and backend services can run in cloud. So that means uh, VNet peering, uh, VPC peering, things like that or maybe VPN gateway on-premises, things like that. But also integrate from a storage perspective and different storage solutions can be used. But as you mentioned, one of the like very helpful elements is just the user can log in and use his like personal or team drive cloud storage, like Box and Google Drive and Dropbox and OneDrive, uh, of course. And what we built uh, like even a couple of years ago already and what we like uh, evaluated over time is a native driver, a filter driver as part of the frame solution. And this filter driver directly communicates with, for instance, OneDrive API. And the user can connect and in his like Windows Explorer or when he opens files in his application, he's able to access 
his data, his personal data, like instantly. And there's no synchronization, no caching happening between, like for instance, my personal Dropbox account is closely to one terabyte. There is no synchronization or caching happening between my Dropbox account and my, my frame session, my frame app or my frame uh, desktop. So I can instantly access these the data. And that's one of the elements we, we use to, well, to make life simple for end users. And of course, you can limit that by using policies and smart policies. But yeah, the technology is there and the functionality is there. And that's a key differentiator. There's no one in this space who have that native and strong integration with cloud storage. They all rely on just install the OneDrive client or install the, the, the Google Drive client. But it doesn't integrate with the identity piece, doesn't integrate well with uh, the um, like cloud storage driver we developed, things like that. And just that's just a simple example, but, very, but indeed a good, very good and strong example of how we can uh, how how we make user experience as best as we can. Well, I have high hopes that that brain trust of knowledge on the authentication pieces filter out through the rest of the company because that is I don't think those are easy things to solve. Um, the other, you were mentioning uh, GPUs, which are probably kind of a hot and sexy topic, even though it's probably been prevalent for at least a couple of years, um, mm -hmm. at least with the hype. So what makes that successful at frame? Um, if you're going to drive intensive graphics, you know, what? what's the magic sauce? Because, you know, I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe a couple of years ago that the protocol wars were over, but maybe, maybe not. Yeah, no, for sure not, because the protocol war or the protocol, the remoting protocol, the like frame remoter protocol is all about user experience. Like a great user experience is tied to remote protocol or to like cloud storage integration. It's a combination of these these things. But to stream the pixels to your endpoint or to my endpoint, an advanced protocol is required. And that is uh, that is what frames remoting pro protocol is. It works really well in LAN and WAN. Uh, with lower uh, bandwidth and higher latency, uh, it works really well. Uh, Frame today is fully browser-based, uh, browser-focused, so you don't need a client agent something like that on the endpoint, and can still run up to like 60 frames per second with uh, high-end graphics GPU. And the GPU is being used for two things: is to run apps like uh, as smooth as possible to use OpenGL or DirectX, these type of things. But the, the GPU is also being used to do the encoding part of the remoting protocol. And today that is pretty common, um, like Citrix and VMware as an example, they, they, do, they use NV Inc, NVIDIA's encoding technology, uh, like we do. Uh, we start using that uh, probably from day one when uh, like NV Inc, and frame uh, uh, came together whether, uh, in, in the in the public cloud space. So that's a key element of the protocol as well to use the encoding engine of the GPU when there is a GPU available. And when there is no GPU available, because some customers run normal productivity apps on on frame uh, as well, then the CPU is handling the encoding part, which means of course the CPU will be will be busy with that. Um, but yeah, that works. That works fine. And that works well. Uh, in, in such a scenario. So the GPU is not only for high-end graphics like Revit or Maya or After Effects or Photoshop or uh, Infoworks, like these type of apps, but more and more applications we use on a daily basis, uh, Office, browsers, 
uh, modern operating systems like Windows uh, Windows 10 and Server 2019, they all expect a GPU or a segment, and, and, and a slice of GPUs. Uh, and the remoting protocols, modern remoting protocols also leverage uh, GPU, as I explained with the encoding technology. Uh, Nicola, the founder and CEO of, um, of Frame, um, some months ago at uh, .next in London, was playing Fortnite uh, through Frame in a browser uh, in a remote like workstation type machine. So yeah, it it can work. It's not designed, and like the business case, use case is not designed for game, gamers. But it's great to see that technology works as well in such a uh, crazy scenario. Let's, go that, let's put it that way. Yeah, you, you'd have to think that's the worst possible case scenario. And if it works, that, that bodes well. Yeah, there's uh, even, even one scenario even, even more compelling. And that's like VR, like virtual reality. Because latency, uh, like latency should be really low because Ali, well, you, you just get, uh, <laughs> get sick, like motion sickness. <laughs> Uh, and frame rate, like 60 frames per second in a browser is really like, there's no one in this space right now who can make it happen in a, in a browser. But for VR, you need like 90 frames uh, frames per second or 120 frames per second. And sometimes the browser is limited. And we are working on uh, great other technology to uh, to make that type of scenario even happen. But that's that's for probably later podcast. But yeah, that's even like a crazier scenario than running Fortnite in a browser on a cloud remote workstation. <laughs> I was I was pretty happy back in the day if I got 30 and if it actually worked. Um, mm. But that was that was Teradici, a shout out to a Canadian yep. company. I don't know if they're, they're doing as well as they once were, but um, yeah, that was a long time ago. But the other one of the other pieces for end user computing is Persona. Is there is it kind of left up to the company to decide what they want to do on the persona pieces if they're cloud-based or well, persona you mean like profile management user profiles yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, there are two side two answers one answer is indeed a customer can decide if they want to use uh, group policies group policy preferences uh, third party tools like ivanti slash absence slash res because like frame integrates just with the customer environment so that's that's one side of the one side of the answer. The other side of the answer is uh, in in Frame personas are already or persona management and profile management in particular is uh, is embedded into the platform. Um, we we have a capability to containerize the complete user profile. Like even if your profile or my user profile is like five gig or ten gig, because we have Outlook cache and maybe a OneDrive cache or Dropbox cache or whatever kind of cache inside my user profile. Or maybe maybe we just stored an, an ISO of 4 gig on our desktop, which is also part of the profile. So if the profile is super large, it has a big impact in normally in, in, uh, in log on and log off time because the profile often will be stored on a central location. And with Frame uh, Advanced Profiles, we containerize the profile. We store the profile on an uh, centralized like file location, and we just connect the like profile um, smartly with the session like on on demand, and there's no copying or synchronization happening with that. And that's built into the frame platform. That that's what what a customer can use, or as I mentioned earlier, customer can use like any other tool he would like to use to manage profiles and manage his uh, his user environment. Nice. Make sense. That 
Yeah, yeah. Just I didn't uh, I didn't know we had that capability built into mm-hmm. it. So that's included is always a good option. Uh, yep. I don't think too many people ever complain about that. But there will um, always be cases where customers will ask, "Hey, can I use my own tools? Can I use can I use FV or can I use SSCM or can I use like Ivanti or can I use this type of antivirus?" And the whole point with desktop as a service is that like onboarding app, licensing app, um, maintaining the environment from an like user management perspective is all like open and customer can like, well, customer is like, that's his task to make like the application, to onboard the app and to maintain that particular environment. Hmm. Um, with, so you have, we talked about personas, GPUs, uh, a bit about the storage side. Is there anything, else that someone should be aware of um before you know approaching or going to frame yeah that's a good question let me think about it briefly so i i i believe it's like one of the cultural principles in nutanix is start with why so when when i get like questions okay i i'm interested in xyz i always try to understand why what's the reason behind change uh, are people not happy with a certain vendor or with a certain concept? Are they changing because business is changing? Are they changing because of like other elements? And with that, I try to, and maybe that's my consulting background. I try to honestly help them to well, to move from A to B. And also sometimes just say, hey, well, you have this challenge. I can't help or we can't help because the challenge you have is not like we will not solve that challenge with uh, with frame or with Nutanix. I believe that's well that's that's I think also our role as uh, as technologists to to provide fair feedback even even if that means that we we can't help. But very often we can help and yeah then it's all about what kind of apps do you have? Where's my data? How do I integrate these environments? How uh, how what kind of knowledge do you have inside the IT organization about cloud? How cloud ready are you? Things like that, or how modern is your data center? And when you when, do you want to keep your apps uh, inside the data center? And can we as Nutanix frame bridge from on-prem to cloud or from cloud to on-prem? These type of things is what I use uh, often in my my job to like to educate colleagues, to educate partners and ecosystem in in, in general. That's sage advice. Finding out what what the actual true question is, but that actually actually allowed me to give me some time to think. The one thing that I was forgetting about was the the golden image, the the golden egg. Is there? Oh, yeah. Can you take an existing? If you have an environment uh, on prem, can you take an existing golden image and and upload it, or is there a different method with Frame? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I get that question quite often. Let me let me briefly share what what it is what is possible today and give you a hint what will happen uh, tomorrow. So today, when you deploy a new like tenant in in in, uh, in Frame, you can use your own Amazon, your own Azure, your own like cloud uh, uh, environment uh, and cloud uh, subscription. And when you deploy a tenant, we we will um, deploy a Windows or a Linux instance as part of that. And that Linux or Windows instance is just Windows or Linux, but there are, are certain components, for instance, this storage client component um, and an agent which is handling the remote end protocol and these type of things are, are part of the image. Um, that is running in Azure or AWS to, to today. So you cannot bring your own image today and just 
plop it into like Azure or Amazon. That doesn't work like that. Um, one of the reasons is that like Amazon, they use uh, KVM and Zen as hypervisor, Microsoft using Hyper-V. So you, if the image doesn't contain like the drivers you expect on, on, on Azure or on Amazon, that doesn't work like, like that. So that's one of the elements. Therefore, I always believe it's more important to automate the deployment of applications than to really spend like a ton of time in just how can I deploy an image? I don't care about the OS from an like image deployment perspective. Of course, that OS needs to be uh, bulletproof and um, needs to like have the right guidelines from a security perspective. That all makes sense. That can all be pushed by by policies and scripting. But it's all about how do I add these apps to my environment, to my image. And that's where Frame kicks in because we have an, a sandbox, a master machine, a gold master, let's put it that way. And the customer can do whatever they want with that master machine. They can manually install apps. They can, of course, automatically install apps. And Frame detects that an app is, uh, is installed or a set of applications are installed. And then ask the question, do we want to onboard this application to Frame? And when he says, yes, I want to onboard the app, we can do all, all kinds of smart things with these, uh, these applications. So I'd rather spend more time on the automation side of application installation than in, okay, how can we inject a complete image, including all the apps? Somewhere in time, especially when you think about how Frame can run in an on-premises scenario, then the question will be even more relevant because in an on-premises scenario, customers have like Win 10 images and they just want to drop the Frame agent on top of that. And that, that idea is not uncommon. And yeah, we'll see how that can disclose roadmap here, but we'll see how that, uh, how that evolves. But it makes a ton of sense to support both scenarios, like to, to, to add images and to drop the frame agent uh, on existing images and, and things like that. That's also flexibility and makes sense in this, uh, this scenario. Insert DevOps lingo here. <laughs> it, uh, it, <laughs> It does make sense. It was always the golden image always was a giant pain in the wazoo. And it seemed yeah. like it only ever existed because other processes were lacking. Like, oh, that doesn't work. So I need to install it into the image. This doesn't work. I need to tweak this. Exactly. And then, yeah. So Im imagine you have hundreds of apps and there are many, many customers with hundreds and thousands of apps. I've, I've seen it and I see it myself. Focus on automation instead of doing it manually and and. And, and bring it into the image. Focus on automation is like the magic key here. And um, that's like independent of frame. Automation is like super important in modern data centers, in modern end user computing. And that applies to like Nutanix as a family, but also Nutanix frame as a solution. It, uh, it is the way automate or die. The, yeah. <laughs> before, before going into the, the, the hard questions at the very end, can you give a, a brief look into what's happening at Dot Next in May? Yeah, you of course. Delivering yeah, any yeah, sessions yeah. or yeah. Yeah. maybe well, a, a product drop, some new cool feature? Yeah, <laughs> well, Fortnite is done, but uh, I, I'm promised uh, there will be cool stuff around Frame for sure. I can't share what it is because it's recording right now, but for sure it will be like mind blowing. Um, but also there will be, and that's what a colleague of mine, William, and myself will, uh, will present a deep dive on frame. So if you want to know more about actually topics you, you, you ask, um, 
just well, just join us or or ask questions uh, afterwards if you want to know more. There will be a Zyframe deep dive on on it. Next, there will be an Zyframe one on one by uh, other colleagues, and for sure, Frame will be on main stage as uh, as well. So it will be a fun, not only not only because of Frame, but in general, it will be a great event for sure. I've been to my first .next in London. I truly like like the event. Different atmosphere, uh, also great party. Uh, different um, like type of speakers, not only Nutanix, but also like industry speakers. Uh, yeah, it's just like I, I, I truly like the uh, like the event. So kudos to uh, to team making that happen. And it's in Disneyland, so you know, bring your family. They can have fun <laughs> off while while you're learning. Uh, so yeah. it should be a, a great event. Uh, yeah. At least I'm, and, I'm and, and, and of course, if, you, if if well, listeners can't attend. Um, a live stream will be there, but also, uh, uh, I'm not sure how many in US, but in Europe, there are also like many .next on tours happening right now. Uh, like next week, there's a big one in Utrecht, so Netherlands, for instance. So, um, yeah, there's like many, many things happening, not only these two big events, one in Europe and one in the US, but also like a lot of local events or even user groups uh, happening, like Nutanix user groups happening. So always a good moment to learn more about what we are doing. Ask tough questions, uh, try us out on test drive, uh, both uh, Nutanix and Frame. So many ways to learn more and to, to gain from that. And now for your tough questions. This is where we bring in the big guns, Angelo, <laughs> to, uh, to stump you. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Dwayne. So, Ruben, we have uh, three rapid-fire questions, and this is uh, so folks can get to know you a little better on a personal level. I know many folks out there know you already, but hopefully this will give them some additional insights into um, into you. So sure. are, you, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Come on. All right. iOS or Android? Uh, iOS. Great. Ebook or physical book? Physical book. Hmm. And favorite app? I'll give you a second to think about it. And just I'll just throw this out there that it seems that Slack is uh, oh, yeah. one of the top uh, favorite apps out there. Yeah, but like lately. If you say ahead. Slack, I will say your life is sad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dwayne. It is. I've, if if I look like every every week you get like an uh, overview what uh, like how much time you spend on my on your iPhone right. or Android device, and like if I if I look at my list my like my device is just my like working companion, um, so it is like social apps. It's Slack for sure. Um, it's um, just running apps, uh, Spotify app while uh, while doing CrossFit things. Like, that's it's just a combination of things. Right. If I travel, it's like the KLM app, and it's. It's just my working companion. If, yeah. If I if I lose a device, uh, I, that that feels like naked. If mm. I'm like walking around without uh, without any any clothing, probably if I lose my device. So. So it sounds almost like um, context, depending on what you're doing, where you are. Um, yep. It's always a different app at that at that moment. So that that's interesting. We haven't had that um, response yet. So that that's cool. That's the uh, that's the consulting shining through again. Yeah, I think so. Dwayne. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm a much more simple person, I guess. But I like, I like simple. I like simple as well, Dwayne. It's all about <laughs> making things simple. So you, you're all good. Oh man! Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Look forward to sharing this with the community and learning more about Frame at .next. Thanks. 
Yeah, thanks as well. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Nutanix online community at next.nutanix.com for blogs, links to resources, upcoming schedule of Nutanix user groups, and connecting with the community. .next is happening in Anaheim, May 7 to 9. I hope to see you there. We have a great lineup of technical content, guest speakers, and community fun. Ping me on the community site if you're interested in attending. So with that, from the team here at Nutanix, have a great week. Thank you.